the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled, The 144,000. In fact, we started this message yesterday and we will complete it here today. The 144,000. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. And we're the great preachers of our day that are loyal to the Bible. I ask that question. You know, we need to hear more about a Christianity in the pulpit that believes in God's law and that believes in Jesus too without contradiction. Friends, it's not legalism to obey God and keep His commandments. It is faith in action, His love at work that obeys. And the Bible calls this kind of faith the faith of Jesus. The 144,000 represent God's people who are redeemed from the entire earth. Now this would indicate that they are a global, multi-ethnic Israel that is spiritual, committed to God, committed to His truth at the end of time. Revelation 14, 3, No one could learn that song, that new song, except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. And so this number really is symbolic of a global people at the end of time who love the Lord, who share their faith, who, who hold true to the Word of God, and who are willing to follow Jesus no matter what. So the 144,000 are pictures of a group of people who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Revelation 14, 6, the Bible says this, They follow the Lamb. Now, let those words soak in. They follow the Lamb. Um, There are many people you can follow in life, but there's only one that is really worth following, and that person is Jesus, the Lamb of God. I want you to hear me today. I hope you don't follow me. Did you hear me? I hope you don't follow me because I'm trying to follow the Lamb. And I would rather walk at your side and hold your hand as we follow Jesus together, then have someone follow me and not follow Jesus. You hear me? I don't want a following at the end of time. I want to follow Jesus. And I don't care if I pastor 3,000 people or three people. I want to minister to that man or woman that Jesus is working with. I want to follow the Lamb. By God's grace, I choose to follow Jesus this day. Are you with me? Good. Then we are following the hero who is the Savior. And at the end of time, God's people who are saved won't be advocates of following a preacher here or there or a mega church pastor or a group of pastors or even a denomination. They will follow the Lamb and they will keep the Word of God with the faith of Jesus. And that which causes them to unite will be the Lamb of God and the Word of God as they come together in God to go up the mountain into the presence of God. And they may not meet in the thousands in stadiums, but they will meet together on Mount Zion with the Lamb and on the Sea of Glass. Friend, following the Lamb is what it's all about. The 144,000 are those who have not defiled themselves with women, the Bible says. And you go, wow, what's going on here? Well, look at Revelation 14.4. 4. 
It says, these are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. Now, this reference to women here is symbolic. It's not a, an advocacy of being harsh to women or feeling bad about marriage. It's not to be taken literally. It has a symbolic significance. Now, in the book of Revelation, a woman symbolizes a church religious system. It can either be good or bad, depending on the context. The pure woman of Revelation 12 represents God's people, the heavenly Jerusalem and the church on earth that is faithful to Jesus. In contrast, the harlot of Revelation 17 represents a fallen church system at the end of time that will never be the bride of Jesus Christ because she sits on a beast in the wilderness. She's stuck in the wilderness. She doesn't go to the promised land. She just wants to stay where she's at in the world. And this woman will never go to the promised land because she is in love with the beast that represents the world kingdom system. Now, in Revelation 17, 5, the mother church, which is the harlot of the apocalypse, is called the mother of harlots. She's not faithful to Christ because she's enamored with the political relationships she has acquired throughout the centuries. And she represents, in a real sense, the corruption of a broad cross-section of the Christian church at the end of time that still clings to form and tradition instead of the truths of the Word of God. Now, I don't know about you, there's a lot of pressure in the Christian world today to just get along and compromise what the Bible teaches and to compromise Jesus Christ and what He taught so we can feel like we're part of a big group hug. And I, I don't know about you, but that's not what the Lord's calling me to do. I want to stand with Christ and with those that are faithful at the end. The 144,000 are a group of end-time believers whose loyalty is fixed on Jesus instead of a fallen church system. Now, if a church compromises God's word at the end of time, should you remain in that church if it throws the gospel out? Yes or no? No. What if it says this, God's law is obsolete. There is no holy moral standard anymore. Can a Christian remain in a fellowship that would defy the very Ten Commandment covenant law of God? And the answer would have to be no. Yet we find many fellowships today where that is exactly what is occurring, where compromise and convenience has taken the place of Christian principle and the right stand. If a church compromises God's Word at the end of time, the 144,000 will not compromise God's Word to be popular and liked. The harlot adorns herself with all the glitter of the world, but the woman that belongs to Jesus is dressed in light and the symbols of truth. There is Christian simplicity and among the 144,000. That is what it means when it says they have not defiled themselves with women. They have not gone after false religious systems. They have followed Jesus. They take the Word of God and they live it and they believe it and they share it and they follow truth wherever it leads. They're not church-centered Christians, but they're Christ-centered Christians. In Revelation 14.4, the Bible says the 144,000 are first fruits to God and to the Lamb. Now, what does this comparison to first fruits mean here? The answer is found in Exodus 23, 19. Take your Bibles and turn with me. The Bible says, The first of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring where? Into the house of the Lord your God. Very good. So at the end of time, the 144,000 are first fruits to God, meaning they go to God. They go right into the presence of God at the second coming of Jesus. They don't stay in the world. They go to God. They go right into His house and they are treasures kept by God. The 144,000 are a Christ-like group of people who will receive the spotless character of Jesus by faith, reproduced in them corporately 
through the Holy Spirit. Look at Revelation 14, verse 5. The Bible says, And in their mouth no lie was found, for they are spotless. Here's an end-time group of people that treasure the truth. They don't pull a philosophy book off the shelf and test the Bible by it or don't take some archaeological discovery and say, well, the book of Daniel is wrong because we don't see it historically. They let the Bible stand. They follow it. In time, the truth of God is found in them in full. Jesus, friend, was the lamb of Isaiah 53 that had no lie in him. And as the spotless lamb, he was destined for slaughter to save us all. The 144,000 at the end of time will die for the Lamb if that is what it takes to share Jesus with people who don't know the Lamb. Now you put it all together and the 144,000 represents a group of people who overcome for Jesus. Period. They follow the Lamb. The 144,000 are sealed from the spiritual tribes of Israel. Now Israel, by definition, is a group that overcomes. I mean, let me ask you this question. When you were baptized, how many of you have been baptized in the past? Raise your hand. When you were baptized, did you tell the Lord something like this? Well, I'm being baptized today, but I don't believe I can have a changed life. Is that what you did? No. When you were baptized, did you not believe that when you went down into that water and you came out that the power of God could give you a new life? Yes or no? If that's how you started with Christ, is that not how you should continue in Christ? With the same confidence, the same belief, the same active faith? You cannot be part of spiritual Israel unless you believe that through the power of the cross, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome. Now Jacob lied to his brother Esau to steal the birthright and God had to work with him through trial and suffering to teach him to trust God. One night he fought with a man who was more than a man just before he came home. After years of service in a foreign land, he was fighting in the night for his life. The Lord Jesus Christ in his preexistent form found Jacob in the night at the river Jabbok praying and he fought with Jacob all night till Jacob won the fight with the Lord, not the other way around. It was the night of Jacob's trouble and he was fighting to hang on to God in spite of his sin, to prevail with God who can forgive him and put his past behind him. And when the night was over, the sun was ready to rise and the man in the darkness turned to Jacob and he changed his name. He changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Jacob means one who might deceive or supplant. Israel means one who prevails. And he renamed him right there on the spot as one who overcomes. The man who prevailed with God deserved a new name that means victory. Look at Genesis 32 verse 28. Then he said, Your name shall no more be called Jacob but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men, and you have prevailed. I mean, at the end of your life, what do you want on your tombstone? That will be there for the resurrection. I gave up and didn't believe God could get me through my life struggles. Or I conquered through the blood of the Lamb and through my testimony to the glory of God. Is it not in the heart of every believer to be an overcomer? Revelation 7.4 tells us that the 144,000 are sealed from every tribe of Israel. Not one person is missing who has a right to be a part of God's people because everyone who belongs to Israel is by definition an overcomer. There's simply no room to let this or that sin or this or that tradition keep you from overcoming and standing with God's people. God has not called you to defeat or compromise. He's called you to total surrender and victory in Jesus. And those who are saved by faith will have a new name just like Israel because they overcome in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because, dear heart, we have reason to rejoice. There is no sin that can take you out of God's hand. If you give it to God, in Jesus it can be overcome. When Israel was about to die, he blessed his children on his bed. And he gave a special prophetic blessing for anyone who would be part of the tribes of Israel in the future. And using the list of tribes found in Revelation 7, the blessings go like this. Let's look at the very first one. Judah, praise. Reuben, behold a son. Gad, a great company. Asher, the blessed. Naphtali, the one who wrestles and prevails. Manasseh, the one who is able to forget. Simeon, the Lord hears. Levi, the one who is joined to the Lord. Issachar, bought with a price. Zebulun, God will dwell. Joseph, a fruitful bow. Benjamin, son of the right hand, meaning the one who rules. These names and their blessings were recorded to describe the experience of God's people who will overcome in the end. Maybe one of them sticks out as a name that you are fond of. Friends, those who stand at the end of time are men and women who have overcome sin. They've overcome personal weaknesses by fighting with sin, fighting with God at times on their knees and not letting go until God blesses them. I mean, if you feel like giving up because someone said something to you or some life circumstance changed for you, get on your knees, hang on to God, prevail with God. Judah is the first tribe in Revelation 7. He was a man who had problems and he slept with a harlot, which actually turned out to be Tamar, his son's wife. And he had no problem selling his brother Joseph into captivity with all the rest. Now, what do we call that? We call that a messy life, right? But the Holy Spirit worked on his life and Jesus' blood was shed for Judah. Judah in time became a changed man who was willing to give his life for his brother Benjamin. Genesis 44, 33, Now therefore let your servant, I pray you, remain instead of the lad as a slave to my Lord and let the lad go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the lad is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would come upon my father. Judah became a type of Jesus Christ because he overcame by a spirit of love and sacrifice. He, he came to know God and to grow in God, to give his life in service for others, and he was willing to lay down his life for his brother Benjamin. Jesus really did what Judah was willing to do for all of us. And that is why Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Levi had succumbed to the sin of cruelty and murder, and yet the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for the sins of Levi. The Holy Spirit worked on the hard heart of Levi. And the tribe of Levi was the first to stand up for God when the mob was dancing around the golden calf doing awful religious things at the foot of Sinai. On their way back to Egypt, Levi took its stand for God. Levi became the priestly tribe that stands in the gap for God. Benjamin was described as a ravenous wolf. And yet God can change wolves in the church into champions of truth. He can change the person who devours the flock into someone who can lead the flock and win others to Christ. Acts 8, verse 3, but Saul was ravaging the church. Now Saul was a Benjamite, and he was doing exactly what Benjamin does, ravaging the church like a wolf in, in Acts 8, 3. And entering house after house, he dragged men and women out and committed them to prison. And when you were put in prison back then, it meant you were on your way to die, most likely. Saul of Tarsus ravaged the church of Jesus Christ like a wolf, throwing people in jail. He hated Jesus. And that same Jesus he so despised found this ravenous Benjamite on the road to Damascus and the light of Christ knocked Saul off his horse. 
Saul. Saul said, who are you, Lord? And the voice came back, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. The heart of the ravenous wolf was broken and Saul became Paul, the greatest of all the apostles who took the knowledge of Jesus to the Roman world and the Greek world. He says, I'm the chief of sinners and Jesus died for me. Friend, it doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter what kind of sins you have committed or what kind of struggle you have right now. It doesn't matter how dark your past has been, how awful you've let God down in your life. And it doesn't matter how hard someone has wronged you either. Friend, Christ died on the cross of Calvary so you will be forgiven. But more than this, so that you can overcome because you are forgiven. The blood of the Lamb is detergent and bleach that washes your sins away. But it's also the power of God to give you the right to receive the Holy Spirit so you will overcome and obey God. You will stand without shame before God. Friend, Jesus didn't shed His blood so that you would remain in your sins, trapped by them the rest of your life. Christ died to give you a new life to overcome every evil in life. The 144,000 represents men and women from around the world who have struggled with sin, who have struggled with themselves. God and men deep within, and in the name of Jesus, they overcome. The list of tribes in Revelation 7 is a long list that has no exact counterpart in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there was no tribe of Joseph as such. Joseph was split into the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. And also the tribe of Levi was not numbered by a census with the twelve. In Revelation 7, Joseph has taken the place of Ephraim. Now, you ask the question, why is Ephraim missing from this list here of the 144,000? In the Bible, Ephraim represents idolatry and the love of the world. Turn with me to Hosea 4.17. Very straightforward statement. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. You know, in the Old Testament, Levi was not numbered as one of the 12 tribes because Levi was the priestly tribe. But Levi is here named as one of the 12 because Levi is joined to the Lord. I mean, idols will sever you from the Lord, whatever they are in your life. But if you make a commitment to be joined to the Lord, if you weren't part of the group, you become part of the group. Try as hard as you like, you will not find the tribe of Dan in Revelation 7. Why is Dan missing in the 144,000? Dan represents salvation by works and an attitude of backbiting to get ahead and get what you want. Genesis 49:16. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backward. And then look at verse 18. I wait for thy salvation, O Lord. Someone who is self-righteous, who is out to prove to others that they're good, is always out to run somebody else down. Friend, there's no place for salvation by works if you are to be among the 140,000. It is salvation by faith in Jesus Christ because salvation belongs to God and the Lamb. And, and the sin of backbiting is the essential evidence that you have not received and clung to Jesus as your Savior. Dan represents the tribe that doesn't rely on God to save. Dan tries to defeat his enemies with his own power instead of trusting in God's power. And Dan bites the rider in the back to get ahead. The tribe of Dan will not be among the 144,000. Now Manasseh is a special tribe because of what his name represents for every Christian. I want to dwell on it here before we end. Manasseh's name means forgetting. 
Manasseh was able to forgive and to forget what Joseph's brother did to his father Joseph. Manasseh learned to forgive and to forget. He's the opposite of Dan. He was able to pray for his former enemies and take his place as one of the tribes of Israel and forget the evil leveled against his father that took away his father's youth. He was able to remember that God is in charge of circumstances and he looked to the future. Manasseh represents the one who forgets the wrong and the hurt and moves on to take the prize of faith. Manasseh is one of the 144,000. The 144,000 are not whiners. They're not people who do not have faith. They are people who with real problems, real challenges in their life have come to Jesus and the blood of the Lamb has given them victory. The 144,000 in the context of Revelation 7 represents the character of God's people who will receive the seal of the living God on their foreheads. Now last week we identified the seal of God as what? What is it? It's the seventh day Sabbath. Within God's holy law, the fourth commandment is the seal. But what good is it if you keep the Sabbath and you don't have Christ and you're a backbiter? Or you're trying to prove that you can get to heaven because you're good. It doesn't mean anything. You see, so the description of those who have the seal of God is a description of people who have relied on God, who have overcome in every area, who have given their life to Christ and they become new men and women. They are born again. They are the answer to the question, who shall be able to stand? They stand before the throne of God and the Lamb because they have overcome sin on their knees and because they have overcome. They belong to the God who overcomes And they belong because they are saved by amazing grace. Not just grace, but amazing grace. In Revelation 7, 13, one of the 24 elders asks an important question of John after he hears the number of 144,000. He sees a great multitude that no man can number, that only God can number. Revelation 7, 13, then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these? Clothed in white robes, and whence have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night within his temple. And he who sits upon the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb, For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And He will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Friend, when you are baptized into Jesus Christ, you are not baptized so your life can remain the same. There is a holy culture in the church of Jesus Christ that is based on the Bible and not the world. And a converted heart, a converted life, is sensitive to the body of Christ. It is committed to the Word of God. The standard is high in the Christian church, but it is a Christ-filled standard full of love and compassion for others. And Jesus is the one who leads you up the mountain to stand in the presence of God. There's no, no room to look at somebody else. There's no room to make someone else your hero. Christ is the hero. The Lamb leads the way. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace is the only kind of grace that leads the sinner to the cross and that washes the robe white in the blood of the Lamb. And the only victory that matters in the end is Jesus' victory in your life. 
salient question, vital question. Who shall be able to stand? In Jesus, you will stand. Stand for God today. Believe. Have an attitude of gratitude. Seize the cross. Accept the victory that is yours in Jesus. Hold on to the crown of victory. And follow the Lamb with the 144,000 all the way up the mountain to find God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, remember that there are many more of these sermons available for you at reachingyourheart.com. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast, or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon, and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts, and you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. Spiritualism, in a variety of forms, is making its way through the Western world. The afterlife, the spirit world, and spirit mediums can be found in movies, best-selling books, and popular TV programs. These themes are making their way into our children's entertainment, even. We have this free book to help you understand things a little bit better, entitled Dark Tunnels or Bright Lights. This book candidly reveals biblical truth about this subject and pulls the curtain aside to reveal why there is so much interest in this topic. The book reveals the deceptions of spiritualism based on biblical teachings so that you can confidently discern truth from error as the topic continues to gain momentum across all levels of society. Now, this book is absolutely free. You can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. Thanks for tuning in, and we pray that God is reaching your heart and growing you up in Christ through these messages. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.